0: Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has ruled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. But baseball... To mark the time.
1: Well, I said nothing yet. Go ahead and tell me.
0: Who's on first? What's on
1: second? I don't know is on third. You
0: know the guy's I'll... names on the baseball team? Yes. Well, go ahead.
1: Who's on first? Yes. I mean the
0: guy's name. Who? The guy playing first? Who? The guy playing first base? Who? The guy on first base. <laughs> Who is on first? Why are you asking me for? I don't know.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to From the Cheap Seats. We are in the midst of a second back-to-back multi-game series with our old rival, the Mets. As a quasi-weekly podcast, we sometimes struggle to keep up with the nuances of individual games. This pod was recorded after the Nats 2-1 win of the previous week's series against the Mets, and before the May 14 series we are currently playing. But our content remains relevant and timely. And we promise you a follow-up to this entire four-game series once it is concluded. So without further ado, we are very pleased to welcome back our official Mets correspondent, Leonardo from Manhattan.
0: Yeah, thanks, Dad. Um, you know, disappointed in the Mets, um, and it seemed like neither team wanted to win any of these games. We had a good first game with Syndergaard. You but did. Um, you know, I think uh, there's a Latin word, uh, "infirmi," "infirmi," which means weak, and the Mets were weak. Um, even, you know, our best players were not having good games. And it's tough to be good when you have uh, two out of nine players playing anywhere up to the potential. We're not pitching. We're not hitting in timely situations. The only people that uh, are hitting are Jeff McNeil. And he had, a—I think he was what, uh, he was two for, uh, two for nine in the series. No, two for 11 in the series. So he didn't hurt you at all. And um, we're just not a good team right now.
1: Well, but are, are, you, are you in uh, second or third place?
0: Uh, we are, I think, in third now, yeah. So, and it doesn't look like we're going to be coming up for air anytime soon. You know, our general manager uh, in the beginning of the season, uh, Brody Van Wagen, uh, there was not a microphone that he did not pass up a chance to speak in front of, and he was all, hey, I'm the greatest general manager in the world, and I was an agent, and I'm going to fix this ship and uh this is more looking like the Poseidon adventure or the Titanic than any Caribbean uh, cruise line and you know there are some people here you know what would be another good bet Thad, is to see we could either do double or nothing or to see which of our managers is going to get fired first
1: yeah well that no that would be a good bet because i think that i think we are in the uh manager roulette season uh, <laughs> the ball is
0: bouncing. <laughs> Who will get fired first? Yeah, you know, we have uh, Jim Riggleman as our bench coach, which, you know, he's barking in uh, in uh, Mickey's ear all the time. So basically, uh, some people are saying that he's making a lot of the, the decisions. And, you know, today, the manager, you know, there's no more Sparky Andersons. There's no more Billy Martins. There's no more uh, Lou Pinellas or uh, Jim... Uh, the Cardinals guy, Jimmy LaRussa. Uh, you know, the managers now are basically assembly workers on uh, on a line, and they do what is told, uh, what they're told. They pitch who they are told to pitch. And I think there's, I don't know, what hear your thoughts on this, but it, it it seems like the manager makes probably the least amount of difference on the team these days.
1: Well, it was certainly, I mean, it seemed like Dusty was sort of one of the last of the great mm-hmm. old managers from the, um, from the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s. So even though he never won a World Series, he, um, you know, he got quite a few pennants and he, he had w- many, many, many winning seasons. We had two seasons back-to-back where we won like 98 games. And then yep. all of a sudden, uh, Davey walks up and then we win like 80 games. And this year, we're not even going to get into the 70s maybe <laughs> we're lucky so um, uh, there was a difference now obviously we lost Bryce this year but uh, yep. they we had Bryce last year and we had everybody last year
0: that's you know for sure and I think uh, you know Bryce Harper and Vanilla Ice have something in common they're both cool right now uh, yeah <laughs> but Bryce is batting 222 uh, so and last year what did he, he bat at 249 and uh, this kid was there's a, a no miss Hall of Famer, um, you know. I, I don't. Even, it would be hard. You'd be hard uh, to say. Hard pressed to say he might, that he'll make the All Star game. He's got sixty strikeouts for the Phils already, and um, that's uh, he's about what a fourth of the way through the season. He's got about fourth way through the season. So yeah,
1: what uh, were two games, I think. 42, yeah, 43?
0: So, I mean, he's looking at, at a big. Uh, you know, he struck out 169 times last year. I know we're talking Nats and Mets, but um, it just goes to show that, you know, what, what kind of contribution did Rice give last year? I think if some of your guys are kind of getting a little bit past their prime. And for the Mets, uh, we just have a lot of round pegs and square holes. Uh, we still miss that, it, Um So... I just don't know what to say other than I think Brody Van Wagen, our general manager, left, our, left Mickey Calloway in as a manager, you know, because he didn't hire anybody. He didn't hire Mickey. So I think he figured, hey, if we do great, it'll be me because I got all these players. And if we don't do well, I'll just blame it on Mickey and I'll give Jim Riggleman the job.
1: For our listeners who are probably primarily located down here in the mid-Atlantic, who are, who are these people?
0: Ricky Calloway is the Mets manager. He okay. never managed before, and this is a, a problem that I have with a few New York teams. Uh, you're in the number one media market in the world, right. and it's a pressure cooker. And unless Jesus Christ is looking for a manager's job, uh, you should not be hiring somebody with no experience as a manager. You go to work at, you know, where you, we used to work at, USA Today, or Google, or IBM, it is rare that they hire somebody for a very important job that does not have experience doing the job. But the Mets hired Mickey Calloway, a former you know pitching coach, I think. Uh, I think he was from the, the Cleveland Indians when they had a couple of good years. But being a pitching coach and facing the media every day, I watch the, 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 the press uh, conferences after the game, and he looks lost in these press conferences. Well, that's a little
1: bit similar to our guy, Davey Martinez, because, well, he had been a a third base coach and a bench coach. Yeah, so when you throw him right into the heat of it, and they are making important decisions that can, I mean, those bullpen decisions, you know, when to pull a pitcher, um, and and certainly they're telling guys, you know, go ahead and bunt, uh, you know, try to get a, you know. A grounder into right mm-hmm. or stuff like that. They are they are telling people what to do. I think everybody's
0: on a pitch count, even the middle relievers. I'm going to disagree with you. I think they have situations. If the middle reliever has over 20 pitches, you know, yeah, there's a but. I think you know Joe Tory during that Yankee wonderful run. Uh, you know, Joe is never the best X's and O's guy, right? Uh, there, you know, he mad you know, There are some pitchers that today claim that joe uh, you know had a made his their career shorter because he overused them but what joe tory was amazing at was handling egos you had a lot of egos on their team. You had a rod you had jeter you had a lot of different egos and joe was the master of that um but since both teams were less than stellar uh, and i know you were at one of the games that i'd love to hear a little bit about um you know, what you ate at the game, how good or bad was it? And what was the crowd like? Like, what's the D.C. crowd like with a mediocre team like this? Do they come late, leave early? Let me hear a little bit about that.
1: I was expecting to walk into a, uh, an empty stadium, but it was a Wednesday night. Wednesday night, we're still in school here. And uh, uh, I don't know, something like almost 27,000 people came out. Now, th- it was a bobblehead night. Even though Trey Turner wasn't back yet, it was the Trey Turner bobble that night. He was actually on a rehab assignment in a single-A team out in uh, uh, rural Virginia that night. Mm. But uh, And then we deliberately sat in um, the visitor section. So we were sitting among Mets fans. There was you know there was a couple of – they were great seats. We were literally in the 100s. We were right on top of the dugout. And, and they were only 30 bucks. 30 bucks so sitting right next to a whole family all decked out in their blue and stuff like that and i thought okay well these guys are going to just eat us alive you know rip us off and just like throw us pieces of us into the foul line area of the dugout but they weren't they were the nicest people in the world at the beginning of the game the way the, the way the game worked out corbin did great you know we won handily there was really no threat Anywhere during the game, but uh, at the beginning, before we got started, they, every the Mets guys were, and they were all over the stadium. So if they're either people. I imagine there's just a ton of people from New York that happen to live here because it's a very transient sure. uh, population. Yep. Um, they were very rowdy, but after the game got started, and you know, right in um, uh, the first inning, we just started, you know, hitting HRs and getting guys out. Boom, boom, boom. They pretty much. Kept quiet for the <laughs> duration of the game. So it was bad radio, Land. Bad radio, a good game to, to win, but, but bad radio.
0: What did you think of uh, Juan Soto? I mean, it looks like the only two players, you're very similar to us, then You got two players worth a nickel or more, and everybody else is terrible. You got Anthony Rendon having a nice year, and even though Juan Soto is only batting 236, his power numbers and, and RBI numbers are strong. You have
1: any feelings on those two players? Well, Rendon um, had just come back. He had been um, he'd been gone for a while. I can't remember. He was he had been hit by a ball and uh, in his bicep or tricep or something. So he was he had been out for a few weeks. So he had just come back this week which was great, and he just, it seemed like he, you know, he didn't need to really ramp up. He was fielding, unbelievable fielding. I mean, he, the stuff, I mean, he's not the tallest guy in the world, but, you know, a guy will hit a line drive, he will jump f- four feet in the air and grab it, and um, it's, it's awesome. So he's yeah, doing he good.
0: for 11 against us in that series with a, a couple of RBIs and a few runs uh, scored, so. Uh, he's the uh, best hitter the we've battle. got.
1: You know, now, we'll see about Trey. Trey was having, I mean, Trey got his injury broke, uh, had his index finger broken at the game. Cassie and I went to that Bryce Harper game on April 2nd. So he was, so he's been out. He only started again last night.
0: Yeah, we, uh, you know, Jeff McNeil continues to hit well for the Mets. Uh, he's a, one of the bright spots. And then we have this guy, we have uh, Pete Alonzo, who, uh, you know, probably holds the the record for, home runs in spring training by a rookie and a fantastic spring training. And he had a great, uh, you know, first month of the season, batting, uh, hitting like 10 home runs in the first month. And I think a lot of the Mets fans were already, uh, you know, penciling them in for, you know, if not the hall of fame, starting on the all-star game. And he's been very quiet. And you, some of your fans out there may remember a gentleman by the name of Dave Kingman. He was the guy who's on the Cubs and the Mets. And, The only thing Dave. I remember him from
1: the Cubs.
0: Yes, he was. All he did was swing for the fences every time, and he led the National League in in home runs. And it looks like uh, Pete Alonso, who is you know spreading all his home runs out to left field, right right field, center field, um, is now just uh, you know swinging from the heels, and he's had a bad last two weeks. Somebody's got to sit this guy down. Um, You know, the one thing is when the Mets were doing well. I had a very uneasy feeling, almost like knots in my stomach because I didn't it's it's rare that we're doing well and I just you know, it's a weird feeling. It's almost <laughs> like, you know, so now that we're, we're 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 crappy again, um I feel a lot better. I feel more normal.
1: Well, the, yeah, you sound yeah. you sound a little bit like uh, uh, the Cubs fans used to. Um, you know, the lovable bums were um uh, you know they were just so used to losing, but it didn't seem to to hurt the um, the financial prospects. And that's sort of what I'm surprised about with this team. They're not giving up on these guys, even though it looks like you know we had a bad record the last year. This year it looks like it's not going to get much better. The fans are still coming out.
0: Well, yeah, that's a good point. You know, the Met. I mean, Met fans are diehard, and Met fans are a very diverse uh, fan base too. You know, I mean, Queens, New York, where the Mets play. Is the most diverse place on the planet. Uh, last census, there were people that lived in Queens, New York, from 112 different countries. Wow. And when you go to City Field, you know, not only does do the fans reflect it, but even the food reflects it. We have everything from, you know, great tacos and burgers. They have a, a Thai restaurant uh, in there. They have, of course, really good Chinese. They even break out some Bavarian food there um so oh, you know wow. if the team's doing bad you can always stock up on some great food at city field that's for sure
1: i have a question for you yeah. which has it's come up a few times so everybody um you know all the mets fans everything says mets m-e-t-s mets mets or just just the m um but often i hear announcers legitimate announcers like ESPN or NBC Sports refer to you guys as the Metropolitans so is Mets a handle like Nats is Metropolitan the real name what's the story behind that
0: yeah the real name is the Metropolitans you know this uh, they started in 1962 my given name is Leonardo named after my grandfather Uh, most Italians will name the firstborn son after the father's father so it is just short I mean Um, but, you know, if you do look at at some old footage from the 60s, you will see some uniforms and shirts, say Metropolitan, but they are the Mets. And as I'm looking at the logo, another memory comes to mind. When I was nine years old, my mother, uh, did a needle point of the Mets logo, which is the orange Mets, uh, lettering behind the backdrop of the New York City skyline. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, so that's, uh. Awesome.
1: Okay, well, I, I don't know what. Uh, so we're, pl- we're in the midst of a series with the Cubs. We're getting our ass kicked. How are you guys doing?
0: Yeah, we, uh, there's no happy times in sight. We have lost uh, two in a row, or maybe the first one, the first one to the Marlins. Uh, we tried to come back. It is really hard to see anything positive happening. The pitchers aren't pitching, the hitters aren't hitting. And even, uh, it's just, uh, Mickey is just tongue-tied in Mickey Calloway, the manager, is tongue-tied. He was on the show with Mike Francesa, of my, you know, formerly Mike and the Mad Dog, I think a lot of people know who Mike is. And Mike said to Mickey, what can you do to start winning? And Mickey said, and I don't think Mickey was an English lit manager at whatever, a major, at whatever <laughs> college he may have went to, he said, we, we could be putting the best guys on the field. And Mike didn't ask this, but if I was there, I would have said, are you telling me you haven't been putting the best <laughs> guys on the field? Isn't that your job? Like, what kind of answer is that? And you have the, I, I, I was like, uh, I had to take double blood pressure medication after this guy said that. And they don't have any you know, injuries to speak of, you know, nothing. And then you have, you know, across town here in the New York, we have the Yankees. Who, seven of their top, uh, six out of their top uh, eight starters have all been out, and four of them are still out, and probably the best player in the league, Aaron Judge, is out for, for the foreseeable future. And the Yankees are 11 games over 500. Yeah. It's sitting yeah, I heard in that. first place. Yeah. And it, it's, it even makes it harder for us Mets fans. You know, we're like the kid that got bullied in school, right? Like, oh, you know. We're having our lunch money stolen, our baseball cards taken (laughs) away by these Yankees, and uh, uh, it's a frustrating uh, feeling for a fan.
1: Yeah, well, uh, similar to our excuse as well, we were... We kept telling ourselves and announcers, well, you know, with all these injuries, everybody was out. Was out. That's why we're losing. All the, it's because of all the injuries. But now, as of this week, you know, Rendon is back. Trey Turner started yesterday. The only guy really who is out now is uh, Zimmerman. You know, and he, he was an incrementally uh, key to our success, even though he has spurts of being good. He's at the very tail end of his career. But now everybody's back, and we got our asses kicked yesterday with Turner. So, I mean, that's, I don't know if that's a valid excuse anymore.
0: I don't know. I think um, the, 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 the one bright spot is, you know, we're getting some good weather here. You're getting some good weather there. Even if the Mets are terrible, and I assume the same with the, the Nats. I live uh, seven miles away from the stadium. I think it's eight. And there's something to be said for going on a weeknight or a weekend day, and it's 75 degrees. And the sun is shining, and you're watching a major league baseball game. Uh, you know, it's like your most of your troubles, if they're not you know so important, seem to go away. And it's just a fun three hours, regardless. And another nice thing is the more the, the worse the Mets get, the cheaper the tickets get, especially on the secondary market. Uh, there are some tickets now going for next week. I'm seeing uh, on Ticket Monster, which is a site I like. Uh, you know, for ten dollars for decent seats, people are just uploading wow. them. So if there is a bright spot, um, that would be it.
1: That's it. Now, the only other bright spot I will say is that, I mean, we're seven games. I mean, we're in fourth place, and we're seven games back from the Phillies. Only seven, which is not inescapable uh, in terms of recovery. So nobody's running away with this division. I mean, if everybody got their shit together, we could actually have, you know, get back in in, – in the running here, either you guys or us. I mean, you must be only like five games or
0: four games. Well, yeah, we're four and a half games out. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, uh, in the Jewish faith, uh, the, the men and the, and the and the boys and the girls get bar mitzvah at age, typically age, I believe, 12 or 13. And after 41, 42 games, uh, the Miami Marlins are not even in the bar mitzvah range. They have 11 wins. Um, so they are definitely out of it. Though they beat us yesterday. So you are right and the Phillies are not invincible. Bryce Harper is not having a, a great year. Atlanta, uh, you know, I, I was I think I was wrong about them. I thought they played uh enough over their heads last year that their nose were bleeding, but it looks like they're coming around. So it'll be interesting to see what happens and I look forward, you know, to our next series uh with you guys.
1: Okay. Well, very good. Uh thank you again for uh joining us on this uh post-series edition of From the Cheap Seats. And we will uh, we'll have you back really soon, Leonardo.
0: My pleasure, Thad. Thank you.
1: So that's it for this episode, everyone. You can find this series on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, as well as many of your favorite player apps. You can also follow us on Twitter at The Cheap Seats, and you can reach us by email at thecheapseatsdc at gmail.com. So see you next time on From the Cheap Seats.